right. but you can have that be part of your thing. You can still, right. you know, you could say I'm a life coach who helps people transition through depression and anxiety to hope and freedom. Okay. That sounds great. I'm also a best-selling author, or I'm also an author, and I'm also, I play chess on the weekends, whatever. <laughs> but let us know what you're known for, what your trademark is, or your brand is. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Christine. Christine, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Michelle. I'm very excited. Excellent. So am I. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you'd love to do for business. Well, uh, I am an expert authority coach, a business coach, and I help get the word out for overwhelmed, stressed out entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, authors, entertainers uh, who need to get the word out about their business to a wider audience and are frustrated and don't know how to do it. I do it uh, through the art of podcasting, YouTube videos, social media, you know, those viral TikToks and all that good stuff. So uh, that's my specialty, 20 years in broadcast radio. And so podcasting really became the easy choice for me <laughs> to go to. And so, um, and as you know, podcasts are amazing. They're wonderful for business. Right. So other than it being the path of least resistance, <laughs> how did you get involved in, in expert authority as a thing? Well, you know, after I worked before I worked in the in the broadcast uh, radio industry, I worked for America Online. That cool. I don't know if you remember that back in the <laughs> yeah, day. I do. The, <laughs> I your your listeners and your viewers probably maybe they go, "What is America Online?" Well, it was it was the thing back in the day. It was the only thing back in the day, and I was blessed enough to get a great gig with them, being a writer. They had actual writers, um, human beings in the industries of which you know, so they had a sports section and they had an entertainment section and I was in the entertainment section and I got to write a column called the daily fix. And it was, um, I didn't write it through my own name. I wrote it through a cartoon character called beatbox Betty. And she was this vampy campy head of hopper, completely anatomically incorrect drawn um, <laughs> car cartoon character who the, the guy who created Eon flux on MTV, that, yeah. that animator he designed this character for me um it, i was just it was just like like a whirlwind right i was going to hollywood premieres i was doing all these celebrity interviews and all that stuff and it was wonderful but i had to mm, i had to be able to gauge i had to basically write for an audience of nine to ninety <laughs> that was my brief right wow and, and to do <laughs> yeah. like the hollywood so similar in audience really <laughs> Yes, exactly. But it's kind of like it's the Shrek effect. If you, you know, people of all ages can enjoy Shrek. So if you're an adult, you right. get the humor. And if you're a kid, you're like, wait, this is fun. So uh, so that's sort of how I started off. But um, then 9-11 happened and I was like, you know what? Who cares who Drew Barrymore is dating or what so-and-so is wearing or the Hollywood thing just got real. I was like, this is not important. <laughs> Right. It really isn't. And so um, I did some soul searching and I found a radio station that was very unique in Los Angeles. You know, everybody's stuck in traffic. And so I was stuck in traffic one day and I was listening and it was just very refreshing. It wasn't like anything I had ever heard. It wasn't like the corporate media, the news media, where they're very polished and they're beautiful sounding voices and great reporting. But 
that what was missing was sort of uh, that uniqueness, right? It was, I felt like I was listening to robots when I was listening to the big network news things. So, um, so I became enamored by the station. I actually went in and said, I just want to say how grateful I am and thankful. And I got to uh, volunteer because um, they said, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a cartoon character that writes for Hollywood stuff. And so uh, um, I just decided to volunteer and volunteering. It turned into, you know, a paid gig. Like they were, it was like, oh, we happen to have a, we have an opening and it's that, that starlet story, you know, and like the, the star breaks their leg and, you know, you got to go on, you got to, you got to go on camera or you got to go on stage. It was one of those kind of stories. And I was there for 20 years and what I developed, and this, this is the long story to get to your question. All good. I developed this really unique way of pointing out the gems, the, the, the gems of the crown on people. So, Cause I did a lot of interviews. I interviewed authors, you know, um, um, oh, my goodness. Celebrities in the progressive world, you know, Wangari Maathai, who is a Nobel, um, I mean, a, um, was she not a Nobel Peace Prize winner? She was a one of those big people. <laughs> um, okay. Ralph Nader, you know, uh, Ed Asner, just uh, after developing all of these different skills in interviewing, I was able to develop this thing of picking out what are the highlights and shining a beautiful light on them with guests. Same thing when I was trying to raise funds for the station, I would raise money by offering thank you gifts. And I would be talking about how amazing this thing is. And it's, it helps your lifespan and you lose weight and you, you look great. Um, so, but after 20 years, you develop that. And so the now you donate, with the my, younger you get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now with clients who come in and they go, you know, I, I just, I don't know who wants to listen to me. I don't think anybody wants to hear from me on a podcast. And basically I just pick out those gems of that they have. And I said, you don't see this, but I see it. And, um, and what comes out of that is some really amazing content and they get to have their um, business, their coaching business or their books or whatever they're doing. They get to get that to a wider audience. Nice. That's a very long that. answer to your question an awesome answer to my question. I love it. So when you're working with people, I'm assuming you're still working with celebrities and, and sports people that are now kind of transitioning into their memoirs or their stories or their kind of things that are going on and they still want to be able to take that audience and expand it or how does that work? My audience, my, my clientele now is primarily women. Uh, because especially after COVID or during COVID, there was, you know, this, the great resignations, right? You know, and people, people were resigning from different jobs, but also they were let go or they were underemployed, right? Mm -hmm. they, people uh, who had very secure jobs for many years all of a sudden found themselves unemployed. And a lot of people were sort of like deer in headlights going, what am I going to do? There was a lot of anxiety and depression. But then there were those who said, you know what, now is the time for me to do my own thing. And so there was a renaissance and it's still happening. This renaissance of entrepreneurs, it just blew up. And so, so many women who are like, you know what, I'm tired of going and working for you and giving you all my energy, my life force and getting, you know, just a paycheck. Um, there was this renaissance of women saying, I want to start my own business. And so that is my core. And I love that. And I love 
my clients, they're mostly women. They're mostly women who are in their 50s, 60s. I even have 70, I have a 75 year old client who's killing it. She's created like 80 podcast episodes. One of them being Pat Benatar. Yeah. Yeah. She's killing it. 75 year old. Awesome. So I love that. I love reinventing people. I love helping them get back out and share their story. Some of it's for legacy. Some of it's legacy Mm -hmm. storytelling, but uh, a great part of it is uh, for their business. Yeah. I love it. I personally believe that entrepreneurs are going to save the world. So anything we can do to help serve and support that, the the better off the whole planet is because of it. So when it comes to women in particular, I know that a lot of people are (laughs) saying, you know, we have a lot of conditioning. (laughs) <laughs> holds us back, you know, yeah. and we still haven't kind of fully got into this whole, this is business, this is how it works thing. Are there things that you're noticing in particular that women are doing to hold themselves back that it's like, Hey, if you could just do this, your business could kind of blow up and it might be getting out there, might be doing videos. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I think the number one, what I see, the issue that I see the most are women who are hyper self-critical. So the, the imposter syndrome uh, thing is real. And so people will say, well, why, you know, who's going to want to listen to me or who's going to want to, you know, the, 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 sometimes they put themselves down. And one thing that you will never see in someone who's super successful is them putting themselves down. And, you know, I'm here in Australia now and I, but I was born and raised in California, Los Angeles, you know, we Americans are the can do, we can do anything. Um, you know, you, you can accomplish anything. We have that in our DNA as Americans, right? You could start from the, like being broke, completely broke, poor, and then you can become this gazillionaire. But here in Australia, that's not the same. It's changing slowly, but it's not the same. And so what I tell people, my, my clients, I said, you know what, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm really good at what I do. And for some people, it's very hard. It's hard for them to say that, to, to put that out there. But if you are really good at what you do, you need it's your mission uh, and your responsibility to tell people, hey, I'm really good at what I do and I can help you. If it's your taxes, if it's uh, being a, a transformational life coach, uh, whatever it is then you need to express that. And the best way to do that is to get out in media. That means podcasts, but also video, which is the king. That's how you get your message out to the world. So I think imposter syndrome and not feeling perfect. You know, I'm not perfect enough. Well, nobody is. That's you want to be relatable. (laughs) Right. Well, and you did pick an interesting country to go to for that because Aussies are notorious for they even have an expression for it, something to the effect of, you know, the flower can't grow above the, the rest of the field. And it's like tall poppy syndrome. There you go. Um, the tall poppy being, syndrome. Yes. Explain that to the audience so that they have a better idea. Yeah. The idea is, Hey, don't be too big for your bridges. Don't be too shiny. Don't be, don't just, just tap it down a little bit. <laughs> um, but that is, that is starting to change. And you know why? Because more women are starting their own business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the idea, the old dynamics, if you have to work for a company for 20, 30 years, and at the end you get a watch, if you're lucky, that has completely changed. And it's because of the circumstances of what we were, what we went through, but there still is that, that is that little bit of, you know, Hey, 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 tap it down a little bit, but mm-hmm. in America, complete opposite. 
Right? <laughs> You're the greatest thing. You better, you know, what is it? Muhammad Ali, I'm the greatest fighter. <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, and there's yeah. there is this element and and Australia is lucky to have you. Let me just say put it that way. Because it's especially I think in California, there's very much a, you know, I have blonde hair. I have the best blonde hair ever. <laughs> okay. And the rest of us just yes, go, exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> that's what you do um and then i was talking to somebody else going oh yeah there's a site you can go and check out your podcast and you can see where you rank in the world and i'm like okay so and then what I'm like so yeah. you know where you rank so <laughs> it's like oh my god michelle you're so bad it's like i get it you can use it for promotion i get it you can say these things but then how do you take that kind of gloss if you will and then turn it into something i my my favorite expression is I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling this to impress upon you. So not because I haven't heard a lot of braggadocious people say that, but because it allows people who aren't braggadocious to be able to to kind of tell people what their accolades are because people want to know it so that they know that they're putting their money in kind of the right direction and at least tell me <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important. And it's you know being an expert authority coach, part of the thing is 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 finding those things that we do want to tell um, a, a people in that elevator pitch. You know, I, I have one client who, oh, I, I say uh, elevator pitch. So hi, hi, so and so. Uh, so what is it you do? The first thing they say is, well, I'm an author. Now, the reason why they say that is because they spent a lot of money right doing that whole publishing thing where they make you buy <laughs> all this stuff and and um but i said but that's not what you do i'm an author i'm an international best selling author that just helps my expert authority but i don't i don't go in with that i don't that's not my opening line i have several books but that's not my opening line people don't pay me to be an author right mm -hmm. so when you're doing your elevator pitch what is it that people pay you to do and for me, it's coaching and it's coaching and getting them out there, getting my client out there through the podcast and the video. Um, but yeah, it's, we, we tend to, we tend to think that the things that we've, um, we've Spend done time, money and effort, on the things yes. that everybody wants to hear about. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, exactly. I, I was in honor roll in my class. I was like, yeah, that's nice. I know. <laughs> Right. But you can have that be part of your thing. You can still, right. you know, you could say I'm a life coach who helps people transition through depression and anxiety to hope and freedom. Okay. That sounds great. I'm also a best-selling author or I'm also an author and I'm also, I play chess on the weekends, whatever, <laughs> but let us know what you're known for, what your trademark is or your brand is first. And then you can tell us all that other good stuff. I love it. So you can give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Oh, I, I, I love Barbara. I, I have, there's a, there's a, there's a few Cinderella's, but Barbara is my favorite because she is the 75 year old who, um, born and bred in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. So she's got that, that beautiful New York accent. I'm totally butchering it, but, uh, she was a Reiki master healer in Los Angeles, and she had a little office in a particular area. And all of her business was people, word of mouth, and they would have to come to her 
there at the office and she would work with them and right well that's very time consuming and so uh you can only see so many people in a day and that's draining as well but she wanted to get the message of her of the reiki healing and 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 all the work that she's done she wanted to get it out to a wider audience and she had dreamt of doing a podcast but she thought as many people do it's going to be too complicated it's going to be too expensive you know i'm not even going to start it because it's going to be overwhelming and so um she came across my path and i i adore her absolutely adore her she's one of the most amazing people and i said i can show you how to do it in four weeks and i'll show you a simple and easy and fun way to do it do you want to do it and she goes i trust you yes let's do it (laughs) and she learned so well and because it was fun and it was easy if if you make things really complicated for your clients sure sure you know i mean and and i could have done them for her but i wanted to teach her how to do it right i wanted to show her how to fish not just give her fish so I showed her how to do it, uh, guided her along the way. And now she's, like I said, she's 75 years old. She has close to 80 different episodes up. Um, the YouTube version as well as the audio podcast. So she's doing some video editing. She's got hey, her hey. theme music in there. And she's done great interviews with authors. Pat Benatar has been on her show. And that just makes my, my heart explode. Because she's reaching people that she could never reach in that little office, you know, that little tiny office in Westlake Village. So that's one of my Cinderella stories that I love. I love it. And so when when you're working with people and they're, you know, maybe they don't know Pat Benatar, <laughs> they're going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, how do how do you start working with them to start helping them kind of conceive the ideas if they don't have one or do they usually have an idea that they're bringing to you and going eh, I think this might work what do you think yeah um it's half and half a lot of people come to me saying I already know what I want to do for a podcast that's great what I like the challenge and and the challenge that I like to do is that when I'm talking to especially an entrepreneur um a solopreneur coach uh consultant or small business owner what I like to tell them is to think of their uh, podcast and YouTube channel, because I always, I train them for both. Mm -hmm. Uh, Think of it as a marketing tool. It's the same thing with a book, right? Did I make a million dollars off of my international number one best-selling book? No, but I established my expert authority, number one. And number two, it's a great marketing tool so that when I want to get booked on shows, Mm -hmm. that's one of my things that I say I accomplished, right? So, excuse me. So having that podcast, and YouTube channel is one of those things. You don't want to make it an infomercial. You don't want to make it all about, you know, you and your fees and your programs and take my course and sell, 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 because people will run from that. But if you can inform, if you can educate, if you can motivate, if you can inspire those things in your audience, if you can bring those things to your audience, then you develop trust. You develop relatability. And that's what you're doing is you're laying down the foundation for trust and relatability so that later or during the course of your program and you say, hey, I happen to be whatever it is that your topic is or your genre. I happen to be a financial coach and I can help not only save you money on, you know, this and that or the other, but I can help you for your retirement. I can do all these things. But you've developed that relationship 
And so that's part of it. It's also the most cost-effective advertising and marketing you could do. As you know, it doesn't cost a fortune. Right. It's Uh, very cheap. Very cheap. And one of the biggest kind of hurdles that I got over, especially with YouTube, which kind of cracks me up because YouTube is my slow child of the family. (laughs) Yes. Lacking very much. Um, is the idea that YouTube isn't a social media channel. It's a a search engine. People are going there to find information and things. And once I, you know, can figure out how to break down the conversations into answerable or question Q and A's kind of thing that people are going to be looking up and what a difference that makes in and being seen on those. But that also leads into this whole expert authority is it's not just that I'm kind of, we're giving a story, which is important for the entertainment value or, or to get people enticed, but to understand kind of how to do that. So how do you break it down when people are um, looking to position themselves as the authority and knowing that all these platforms have their different little nuances? Oh, they do. I try and focus on, for them, I try and focus on the content. I also let them know that you do not have to have a long running podcast uh, or vodcast, which is just the video version of that. You don't have to have a long running one that goes on for years and years and years because that also takes the pressure off of their neck because they go, this is a commitment. It's like buying a, this is like getting a new puppy and I'm going to have to take care of that puppy for 20 something years. No, you can do um, isolated, serialized, sort of podcast, branded business podcast. Um, it can be 12 episodes and that's it. You know, the, the, the biography um, uh, podcast that they have like on Princess Diana and things, it doesn't go on and on and on. It's just a certain set amount of episodes. And those podcasts do very, very well, right? Even though it was done years ago. So think about your content also being more of an evergreen, something that can last, not just just not just uh, topically for today, if that makes sense. Um, so some people, we, I guide them towards that because they go, that's doable. I can do that. Um, but if you're, if you're at, in, an expert in your field, whatever that is, you need to just be able to also communicate that in a way. It's, um, it's an art form, as you know. It, it's an art form. Even if you have interview style kind of a, a show, it's an art form. So you, you need to have a little bit of time in the saddle your first couple podcast episodes are going to sound weird. You could probably hate them. You may not like your theme music that you picked or you might go, what am I doing? But after a while, you'll start to get the flow of it. It's just like writing, really, I think. Did I answer your question? Or for, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> Absolutely, it did. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? One, they think doing a podcast is overwhelming. Two, they're like, ah. I don't really know if I'm an expert in something or if people are going to be interested. What are some of those stumbling blocks that they might be thinking going, Oh my God, Christine, I need you so badly. Yes. Well, if they're thinking about, if they're even thinking about it, they do need me so badly because I could make it much easier for them. And 30 days or less basically is what I say, where they'll be able to know how to record. Um, They'll get the cover art. They'll get their theme music. They'll get the legal stuff that they need. Yes, you do need some legal stuff, uh, very little, but you just need to make sure that you're protected and um, how to record the style of, of how to communicate with the microphone. Also, what kind of microphone you want to get, because especially if it's a podcast, you want to make sure you have a good microphone. Um, so the equipment stuff, but then also how to edit. And we edit through um, 
uh, we edit the video first so that people have that. They have multiple products. They'll have a video. They'll have the audio for the podcast. And then they can, from that, repurpose the content. You know, you get transcripts. You get all that copy. You can have that, that those episodes be chapters in a book or modules in a course. You could take your long format video and make those short viral TikToks. There's so much that you can do. So the hurdles that I try um, basically to overcome with people is um, I, I tap down that fear of, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much work because it, it doesn't have to be. Can it be? Yes. It's whatever you want to make out of it. You want to do a podcast every day, go for it, but you don't have to. Um, and again, you can have them be just 10 episodes, 12 episodes. So I, I try and take them down from that. The other thing is <clears throat> a lot of women have a fear of being on camera because they're worried about how they look. And I always focus, I say, listen, don't focus on you. It's not about you. It's about the people that you're serving, right? Your clients, the audience, that type of thing. So those are the two major ones, really. I love it. One of my coaches once said, you look like you look and you sound like you sound. Just go do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, whatever. All good. Well, it not, it, 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 but it's not for everybody either. Right. If you have the ability to entertain, like I said before, entertain, inspire, motivate. Um, if you're funny, uh, if you're, if you, if you want to educate people, then go for it. But if you're someone who's really confused in life and you really don't know how to communicate well, or you don't really care about people, <laughs> you know, then I say, just, you know, what? then you can do soapbox episodes. You can do something else, you know, because <laughs> it's not for everybody. It really isn't. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, those could be some of the better ones. <laughs> <laughs> If you're the right. kind of person that doesn't like people and you want to stick to yourself, you can be a guest on Happy to Offend You. We'll, we'll bring I you think, up. oh, yes, yes. You're right. There you there's go. so, so many, for there's so many things that you can do. That's what I love, too. There's a creativity. There's so many things that you can do. And and there's a niche niche for everyone. There's a niche, niche, and niche for everyone. <laughs> niche, niche. There's, there's for everyone. People go, well, you know, well, I want to do a podcast for left-handed blue-eyed people from scandinavia guess what there's an audience for that well, there's a, an audience for just about everything right we, we were teasing earlier that i said so uh, i was talking to somebody who did masterminds they said have you ever done one for uh underwater basket weavers for scuba divers and he goes no but i'm sure there's podcasts for that there <laughs> sure probably there is, is. <laughs> and probably if you've is. ever heard people talk to each other with uh, scuba gear on if you haven't started a podcast on that, you got to start a podcast on that because that is quite hilarious as well. Do you know what one genre that is underserved and it really needs creative, good content is mm -hmm. children's programming? Really? There's more health and spirituality podcasts that you could shake a leg at, <laughs> but this, but this, there's only a few. Um, and I'm talking uh, children's uh, pro children's podcasts and YouTube channels right videos yeah. for kids on youtube yeah. i've seen a few of them uh the ones that have translated onto um to, to youtube and they have millions of subscribers and the content is just like wow this is scraping the barrel like <laughs> but there's just not a lot of children's programming wow. and and so it's um it's a very now 
that said, if you're going to do it, you need to, you do need to be very creative and you definitely need to be cautious of, of what you're saying and what you're doing, you know, Lots yeah, but if you're a children's writer, books, if you're a children's book writer, you got a, you got a podcast right there. Great. <laughs> Awesome. I love it. So I know our, your, our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? It's super easy. Um, all they have to do is go to my website, christineblasdale.com, and uh, they can check me out there. If they're like, uh, how do you spell Blasdale? I don't understand that. They can go to expertauthoritycoach.com. That's just as easy. It takes you the same place. And if they want to have a, a free uh, consultation with me, um, I give a lot in 30 minutes. I, this is my time and my life force. So I'll sit down with you and you can tell me what your business is or what you want to do. And I'll tell you what I think would be the best course of action. And if you decide to do that with me, great. And if you don't, then great. Um, but they can book a free chat with me at chat with That's chat with christineb.com and it goes to my calendar and they can book a day and time and all that yeah awesome we will of course have all of christine's links in the show notes so go ahead and scroll down open them up in a new browser because we're not done yet so christine i get to ask you at what point in life did you know that you're especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur <laughs> when i was a little kid because i hated to ask for my allowance i hated it I didn't want to ask for it. And I always had to ask for it because it was never, it never arrived like a paycheck. It was like, <laughs> it wasn't just in your mailbox. <laughs> no. So I was like, okay, what can I do to make money? And I was a kid and I was like, I'd sell my dolls to my neighbors. <laughs> I would go, do you like this one? I would do lemonade. I would do cookies. I would do whatever, um, whatever little business at a very young age. Um, because yeah, I would sell my toys. I would sell the toys that I wasn't playing with. Other kids uh -oh. just throw them in the trash or donate them, whatever. I'm like, no, I need some cash, mama. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. You have been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Oh, just, you know what? I, I was just saying this to uh, uh, a group of women last night. Just do it. And I know it's that Nike phrase, whatever. It's probably trademarked and I'll probably be sued for saying it, but just do it. Do whatever it is. If you want to write that book, you've been thinking about writing that book, do it. Uh, you know, the, creating a podcast, do it. Because, and, and don't worry about failing because if you try and you fail, you don't really fail anyway. If you try and you stumble, then you get back up and you try again. And that's how you learn. That's how we all become experts is we've tried things and we go, oh, I don't like that. Or, oh, I did. I mucked that up. Let me try it again. So just get out there and, and, and do it. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I appreciate you, it. I know how valuable it is. Thank you, darling. Thank you. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well if that scares the
out of you. Check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.